You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. And now, gambling terms. Push, a wager that results in a tie. Even money, bet with the same payout as you wager. Legit, knowing where it's truly legal to gamble in Colorado. You can enjoy legal gaming in Blackhawk, Central City, Cripple Creek, as well as licensed online sports and off-track betting in Colorado. Play legit and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. and welcome to hit the books review SummerSlam and takeover mikey and ryan are here how's it doing mikey pretty good we still don't have a name for this uh this review show we do mm, yeah but i think maybe it doesn't need a name maybe maybe we, we cut the branding and just make it hit the books presents takeover toronto <laughs> and SummerSlam 2019 review review <laughs> we do we do have to say we are reviewing i guess uh, that is part of the we brand didn't sponsor takeover toronto and SummerSlam. that we know of that we that uh, yeah we don't know i mean they took <laughs> our, they took our ideas for it so technically we might have not saying that we don't we don't know is <laughs> that we know of it's like well <laughs> do we forget do we spend hundreds of dollars to get sponsorship deals from wwe i don't know I hope not. <laughs> My checking book is already full. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, welcome everybody. We're going to review uh, the latest the latest WWE pay per views of NXT Takeover and SummerSlam taking taking place both in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Oh yeah, exciting, Mikey. Thoughts overall of Takeover and SummerSlam? I know you didn't get to watch all of Takeover, but what are your thoughts? I guess overall. Um. Well, I got to watch the main event of TakeOver, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, and SummerSlam, I liked a lot. Uh, it was actually pretty enjoyable, and I wasn't... There were some weak matches here and there, but I think overall, as a pay-per-view, it was solid. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Uh, it, there there was some weak stuff, and I sort of feel like the weak stuff was because of like weak storylines, per se. Getting yeah. bogged down like, in the match, like no heat on them or anything. Yeah, and I, or me just not caring a single bit about these storylines. Yeah, um, and I think all in all, it's it was a good show, and it's sort of like you know it, a story. If rumors to be true, Heyman and Bischoff are officially taking over Raw and SmackDown, then maybe it's a good point uh, marker on the ground for being a transitional point between these different quote-unquote eras yeah but let's talk about takeover first takeover toronto first mike you didn't get to watch all of it but i did because i am the responsible adult you lucky you lucky son of a gun well i watched it all i so i watched takeover and SummerSlam back to back 
at the time of recording yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I woke up, sat down in front of my TV, and just got to watch and it. And watch some wrestling. And watch some wrestling for about eight hours. Hmm. Um, you basically... you So basically... Here's the time frame of it. I worked I worked eleven to eight yesterday, mm-hmm. and at the beginning eleven, be- at eleven the- to eight, Jesus Christ! Yeah, at the beginning of my shift, you texted me you were starting, and right about the time where I had like maybe an hour to a half hour left in my shift, you texted me you were done. Let's get through some of these matches, Mikey, because there's a lot of matches to get through. So let's get started. Let's do it. First up, we have the NXT Tag Team Championship match between the Street Profits and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly of Undisputed Era. Ryan, what'd you think of this match? Uh, I thought it was a good, solid match. I wasn't fully into the match, as I feel like others were, but the match was still good otherwise. I think... You know, oh my god, like some of those knees so there's this one knee strike that Kyle O'Reilly does to Angelo Dawkins that I legitimately thought that like he knocked out Dawkins for a hot second. It was it was loud, it was proud, and I was there for it. Um but overall it was a solid defense for Street Profits. I think after their, you know, after War Raiders had it and then relinquished the titles and then um, Street, Pro- Street Profits won the match in a fatal four-way ladder match. I think this was a good, solid defense, solid first defense of the NXT Tag Team Championships. Um, I could easily see Undisputed Era winning them back eventually, but I think to help legitimize, uh, legitimize the Street Profits Tag Team title run, um, a win over a team like Undisputed Era is worth it what team could be after that i don't know maybe forgotten sons maybe the you the newly reunited team of uh fandango and tyler breeze brizango um who knows but uh i'm interested to see where that goes um i give this match a 3.5 out of five meatballs mikey nice uh, I would agree with you because I'm just going to take your word for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see the match. Because I, so, I, uh, I didn't really watch TakeOver that much. I was busy that night with uh, nerd other nerd uh, obligations like like Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, but I had it on in the background, so I heard commentary. <laughs> and I know the results, but I didn't actually sit down and watch these matches full through, except for the the main event, which I got a chance to see. This will be a theme going forward, Mikey, but it honestly, it's not too bad that you missed this takeover. Yeah, I've frank. heard it was kind of, uh, in terms of takeover, it was kind of lackluster. Yes. It, I mean, I texted you, it was like, it wasn't the best takeover in a long time. Like, it was kind of the worst one for a long time, but a wor- a bad takeover is still a great pay-per-view. Yeah. So... I mean, if you missed it, I like I would just recommend a, maybe like two matches from this show to watch if you missed it. Cause it's not too bad that you missed it. It's a lot of this is still we're growing. Like I said, of the tag match off the top, 
it was just a first defense helping establish the rain. So it's not like something you really, really needed to see. Yeah. Um, but we'll go on into the next match that I believe you really need to see, Mikey. Uh, so the next match I have here is Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. This match was great, Mikey. This was a very, very good match. I was... This, if there's any matches, if there's two matches that I say you need to take some time and go and sit down and watch, it's probably this one. Uh, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. I'm very much glad to see Candice get in the actual ring for an actual match. Yeah. Uh, and actually uh, not be with her husband. Uh, because it's great. Uh, Candice LeRae is an amazing wrestler, and I'm glad to see an amazing, amazing wrestling match from her against another amazing competitor in Io Shirai. So basically, like, if you like what you see in this match, Mikey, then get ready. Because I, I cannot, I will not be surprised if this match is eventually for a title uh, or number one contendership or something or throw in Baszler, make it a triple threat, because this match was great. And I think they had, they only showed a sliver of what they can both do. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, that both competitors in this match, it's a little bit of a spoiler, Mikey, but both competitors in this match kicked out of each other's finishers. Ooh. Uh, Candice LeRae kicked out of the Moonsault. Uh, Io Shirai kicked out of Candice's Wild Ride. Interesting. It, 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 yeah, it was very interesting. It was a way to, to me and how it was like presented and everything, it didn't like it didn't make their finishers look weak. It made each other look strong, which I thought was good. Sometimes it makes pe- the finishers look weak, but I felt that was like these, this makes people look strong. It's, I think maybe that new Japan lo- logic where it's just like in NXT as well as new Japan, not so much WWE, um, not many people kick out of finishers. Uh, um, unless finishers you're Johnny Gargano. Are, unless you're Johnny Gargano. But uh, not many people kick out of finishers. Uh, and when you see it, it's pretty nice. Uh, especially with, like, you know, Candace is fairly new. So seeing someone kick out of it sort of, you know. But uh, it made it look, to me, it made it, both of them look strong. I can't wait for more. I gave this a 3.75 out of 5. Uh, next up, we have, I'm going to take a quick uh, detour. And uh, I want to hear your thoughts about this Matt Riddle, Killian Dane brawl. It doesn't have to be long. Just what you think it might be leading to. Well, it's leaning to a definite match at some point. Uh, they, in NXT TV, they were supposed to have a match, and then it turned into a brawl. This was a call-up that turned into a brawl, so there's supposedly a match moving forward. Maybe you're saving that for War Games, which is the next pay-per-view. Um, but if that's the case, you know, I don't know know if i want to wait that long mm-hmm. for war games because that's what war games would be survivor series ish is probably what the pay-per-view would be against um i could probably look that up um i don't i don't know what they're going for here i mean because i just don't know i don't know what they're going for it was fine it was a fine brawl but it was just like you know okay. since he killing dane do some i don't know i'm not sure where we're going with it and i don't i'm not as least certain if you know if we're waiting for war games or if we're going to be doing this for a couple of more months or mm-hmm. ending this on X T V or 
or Killian Dane gets a tag partner, or Matt Riddle gets a tag partner, it's Kushida or something. I don't know. Something. So I feel like I feel like that's for me it's just missing something, and maybe it's because quite honestly, maybe it's because Killian Dane came from the main roster and not really doing anything and his star power sort of has been diminished to me mm-hmm. so maybe that's why it's missing something this feud is missing some fire okay also i just want to point out before we move on uh there is a video on this and it's called huge fracas erupts and i think that's the funniest thing in the world no one uses the <laughs> word fracas that much anymore <laughs> And quite honestly, we should bring it back. This is uh, a huge this this brawl was a huge fracas. I'm sure for everyone involved, a fracas and a halfus. Moving on, <laughs> moving on to the NXT North American Championship Triple Threat match between Velveteen Dream, Pete Dunne, and Roderick Strong, in which Velveteen Dream retained his title. If there was a second match, Mikey, that I said you should watch, it would be this match. Just watch Ishirai cancel Ray, and then this match. This match, I gave a four out of five meatballs. I thought. I'm a big fan of when they do triple threats in the way where it's like it doesn't turn into a one-on-one match at some points mm-hmm. where it's like they beat up one guy and then throw him out of the ring and then he's gone for like 10 minutes because they're doing a one-on-one and match. It's basically just, and it's basically just, it's basically just like three different one-on-one matches rather than a triple threat. Exactly. There, were, there was, of course, moments in this match like that. But those moments were, like I said, moments. They weren't minutes. Yeah. It never felt like, you know, it became a one-on-one match and they were and they were going back and forth. It constantly felt like the three of them were in the mix throughout the entire match. Hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> I am usually a fan of Velveteen Dream's entrances, Mikey, but I wasn't the biggest fan for this one. Yeah, this uh, one seemed kind of like... He was just pandering to Toronto, rather than oh, definitely. rather than oh, just definitely. being like doing a Velveteen Dream entrance where he's making fun of his opponents or something. Yeah, um, I would have loved if he just twisted it and did like came out like Bret Hart, right? That would have been fun. Yeah, um, but really for me, it was like he he comes out. So we had Velveteen Dream, or if he have... wanted Monster Heat, come out like Shawn Michaels. Ooh. ooh. Oh my god, uh, that would oh boy. Um, but what I what I would have liked if so what, let me let me set the scene here. It was Velveteen Dream. His entrance starts. It's a Canadian flags and people coming out to the theme song for the Mountie. If you remember the Mountie, um. exactly. Um, and then the people that are dressed up like the Mountie take off their Mountie wear. And then they're and all wearing, a, like, the, Toronto Raptor, Raptors gear. It's the, it's, the Toronto, it's the Toronto Raptors cheerleading team. Oh, was it? I think oh, perfect. so. Uh, then they're, like, yeah, then there's, like, Toronto Raptors, NBA champions on the Jumbotron and everything. And then Velveteen Dream comes out, dances with the cheerleaders for a little bit, then makes his entrance. And I was sort of like, you know, this would have been fine. It, it felt overfilled. Yeah. You know, it, it would have been fine if you cut out the Mountie bit or you cut out the NBA champion bit just cut out so it was three bits you i was like understand, you know let's make it one you know what it kind of reminded me of what it kind of reminded me of um sunny kisses entrance at fight for the fallen yeah but that was just the jacksonville cheerleaders and that was it mm-hmm. you know this was like 
the Mountie, the Raptors, then Dream. Yeah. Just cut out at it least just one like, of those things. Canada, Canada, Canada. Yeah, I was like, we we get it, Dream. We get it. Um, but that being said, uh, the match was great. Like I said, there was never a moment where it became a one-on-one match, which I loved. There was high energy, high intensity, um, good teamwork, surprising you know teamwork moments. Well, like surprising teamwork moments that immediately turn into hitting each other, like moments where Pete Dunn and Roderick Strong were working together and then immediately start attacking each other. Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream beating down on Pete Dunn, and then they look at each other like, hey, wait, hold on, and then start slapping each other. I mean, Pete Dunn and Roderick Strong did used to be a tag team. Yes, and then and then Roger Strong betrayed Pete Dunne. So there's there's history. There's all history in these sort of moments, and I liked how they were beating down on the other third person, and they looked at the other person and was like, "Wait a second, I don't like you," and then started to attack that. Wait person. a minute, we're fighting. Yeah, I just I just love that. It was amazing to have. It was a good match. Uh, it was three amazing strikers, all with different various styles mm-hmm. in striking, um, and of course with that chemistry you got an amazing match uh i loved it also at some point um Roderick strong went through like was on ringside grabbed velveteen dream through the ropes slammed him down and pulled him through to have his um bottom half hit the um ring post mm-hmm. and maro vernalo said just like the toronto raptors the nba champions toronto raptors nothing but nuts and i was upset <laughs> i wasn't angry maro but i was definitely upset by nothing but nuts and i wanted to write that down to move forward honestly not even in wrestling but just in general one of the greatest commentators of our time oh yeah easily 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 one of the best but Jesus, he's a fucking reference machine. Have you watched? But also, nothing but nuts. Have you watched? They put it up on YouTube. Uh, Bipolar Rock and Roller. It's a Mara Ronaldo documentary. It is very good. Not yet. I, I have it saved to my watch later list, along with like a million matches that I want to watch. I, but I, I really want to watch that. I did sit down and watch it, and it was very good. And I liked it a lot. So what was the documentary about? I'm trying to remember. It's it was about, uh, it about, about his... Mauro Ronaldo and how he became, how he like, it was just about his journey about like how he became a commentator and how he deals with this bipolar disorder. And just, it was very, very insightful on just his life in general and like how he started doing what he does and why he loves it so much and the struggles associated with it and his disorder, you know, because it's like, it's a very weird mixture between being a commentator and having bipolar disorder because of the way you put on a personality for the camera a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see the the, the dynamic there and his internal and struggles. I, I believe this was done by Showtime. So if I you, you go to Showtime's YouTube channel, I imagine that's where it is. Yeah, it's it, they uploaded it, yeah. Let's move on to the next match. Yeah. All right. So the next match is the NXT Women's Championship match between Shayna Baszler and Maya Yim, and Shayna Baszler retains. Um, it's matches like these, Mikey, where I focus more on not how the match was, but rather how much the match 
made me believe Mia Yim had a chance to win. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, Mia Yim wasn't going to win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no way Mia Yim was going to take the title off of Shayna Baszler. No. Um, and watching the match, I would say that my suspension of disbelief was not really fully suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... You know, it, it was mainly there was, the there idea was no was that point he, where your your mind was changed from oh Shane is going to win this match. Yeah, it, there was the whole premise of the match was that like look Mia Yim attacks Shayna Baszler's arm so she can't strike as well and it, it hurts her to use it, um, hmm. and hopefully that could build up. And then there's the Avalanche Code Blue that I believe was supposed to be the pop, supposed to be the moment that made me believe oh Mia Yim's got it, but. I don't know what it was, but I never quite got there for me. Maybe they needed more time. Maybe they needed more of a another big moment. Um, but I never got fully convinced that Mia Yim has this. I was always like, oh, no, Shayna's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just because Mia Yim hasn't, in my mind, been built up enough to make it a, an obvious ch- title change. Yeah. Like, for instance, if it was um, if if we went to a Candice LeRae title defense next, I would be like, oh, crap, Candice can take it because mm-hmm. already she's been built up with his Io Shirai match. Yeah. Um, but here I wasn't fully on board of Mia Yim potentially getting it. That being said, it was a fine match, um, probably the weakest of the night for me. Uh, definitely, I guess, according to the rating. Uh, I give it a three out of five meatballs. Yeah, I heard there were some sloppy spots in this match as well. Yeah, there was some a little bit of sloppiness. I think mainly because it was Mia Yim's first ever takeover, so I'm going to give her a little bit of uh, wiggle room on that front. But yeah, it wasn't the best match of the night, which is fine. Uh, maybe disappointing because if I look back at my notes, I kind of feel like Shayna Baszler has been getting the lowest rating for me for a while i think it's because her title run is getting stale and you know i agree i agree and it's at the point where it's like well now who's gonna take the title from her like there's no like there hasn't been a credible threat built up to beat shayna like the the credible threats that have beat shayna have gotten called up it's like ember moon was a credible threat got called up uh, not Io Shirai. Uh, Kyrie saying credible threat got called up. Like the people who have either beaten Shayna or could beat Shayna are now gone. And personally, I think Bianca Belair should have done it a while uh-huh. ago. But now Bianca has waned a little bit. Yeah, uh, she definitely has. I think she should have done it when she was still undefeated um but I think now she is waned for sure because she lost to Baszler like twice so that being said Mikey who do you see taking Shayna Baszler's title it's either gonna I think it's either gonna be it's it's gotta be one of the two women from the match earlier tonight it's gotta be either Io, heel Io Shirai or Candice LeRae to me if you're going that route it's either a one-on-one match of Candice LeRae and Shayna Baszler, or it's a triple threat to give it to Io Shirai. Yeah, those are the only two options I could see 
right now that are a credible threat to Shayna. Maya Yim's not there yet. Bianca Belair has been MIA for the past few weeks. I think the only two that could do it right now are Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, honestly. That's the only options I see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've thought about, like, there's been a lot of, like, insanely long women's championship reigns, haven't there? Yeah. Um, and Asuka's... I feel like Asuka's never got this stale. Because Asuka was always having compelling matches with people who have been built up properly who you who always felt like a threat mm-hmm. i feel like with Shayna baszler at this point they're just throwing people at her you know to have to get her in a match also oscar i believe if i remember if memory serves me correctly oscar started her title reign as a face and the more the longer it went on she became a heel yeah so that you were able to not only get different challengers but Get a different Oscar. Get a different Oscar, so it never became stale. Shayna Baszler has always been a master heel. The only new thing she added was Duke and Shafir helping her out, which is doing but, which is doing basically nothing for me. Also, yes, but it it doesn't really change much. It's just like oh, now it's more distractions. Because every so now it's really. Like, I, I think it's because every time she gets it a feud her argument is always i run this women's division i'm the best and that's it yes because that's what it is that's her character i mean it's like okay exactly where do we go from here like what do you do from like like, you need there needs to be something to hook me in and it's like what she's doing right now isn't Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i completely agree Uh, anyway on to the next um next up a match i actually did watch Hey, <laughs> the NXT Championship match, two out of three falls match. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, basically three stages of hell. Yeah, it was interesting <sighs> that it was basically a three stages of hell match, but they never called it that, and they continuously said two out of three falls. Yeah, it's a two out of three falls match with special stipulations. Is what they're calling it. Yeah, it was uh, like interesting. A three stages of hell match between Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Ryan, thoughts. I thought this was a brutal war of a match. I agree. Um, I thought it was very good. The first fall, um, first fall was interesting. I thought they played up the knee angle. Um, good. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't like happy exactly with like how the first fall ended with Johnny Gargano just being like, you know what? F it. And, and DQing himself. And DQing himself. Because think about it. It's like Johnny Gargano is an idiot now. He's a moron. He DQed himself. And because he he could have won that first match, right? He could have out-wrestled Adam Cole in that first singles fall match. And then he won the street fight. Then they would have had the, like, now, and then he eventually lost. Like, if he didn't do that, he probably would be the champion. And it's like, well, why'd you do it? Just so you can beat him up with a chair? I think that I think the the kayfabe idea was that he was trying to beat him down enough that in the last two falls he would have an advantage, and he would. Yeah, but still, you want if you're in a two out of three falls match, you can't de- don't DQ yourself. You're now you're putting yourself down at the bottom zero one. Yeah, it's not a great. 
so it, that was a good good part. Um, second part of the match, the stage, uh, not stage fight, the, the street, fight. street fight was, I thought, good. It was basically uh, but, all Gargano. Yeah, it was basically all, all Gargano the entire time, going around the ring, going around the arena. Um, a lot of good stuff. The spot during the Spanish announce table was good. Yeah. Um, it was good. It was a solid. The second fall was good. Third fall was also good. God, that goddamn I, steel okay. cage. Me and my friend who was watching it were fixated on that bag the entire match. The bag? Oh, yeah. We were like, what is in that burlap sack? We were we were so convinced that NXT was going to bring out the thumbtacks. <laughs> I was hoping for it. That's what I was like. Oh my gosh, there's a bag. That's, what I, was like, that's what I thought. I was like, oh my god, is that thumbtacks they have in there? And I'm sure the crowd <laughs> thought the same thing. And then he you dumped know, it I, out, I, and it was kind of it was, okay. He dumped it out, and I, I'm going to say wasn't disappointed. There was a bunch of brass knuckles, which was kind of which was which was cute. Yeah, it was just like, oh, William Regal set that bag up. Yeah, <laughs> it was brass knuckles. It was handcuffs, and it was a wire cutter. I was able to get that. Um, barbed wire, and I thought that uh, made that death-defying leak to close out the match itself was insane to watch. All those different an- camera angles and replays really set up the brutal uh, miss that was that fall. Adam Cole cut himself up on that barbed wire. You see his back? Oh, I'm sure. After after oh, that fall, if you looked at his back, he was he had like a big cut in his back. Oh yeah, I, I I wasn't sure if that was the barbed wire or just the fact that he fell 20 feet through a table. Also that. Yeah, I was just like, uh, oh boy, he was. I do, that was, I do that wish there was, was there was a little bit more of a spot with that barbed wire, like like just just to because it it was like it was like Johnny Gargano was like I'm gonna get you and then didn't. I think like they did as much as they could with their PGness of it all. Yeah, um, but I thought it was good. I mean, my biggest complaint about this match, Mikey, is that it was too long. I mean, it was a two out of three falls match. It was, it went what? It went like fifty minutes. It went forty six forty one. Yeah, but to give an example, uh, in the previous two or previous two other outings, um, there was the singles match: Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano at uh, NXT twenty five. That was thirty two minutes. Mm-hmm. So that was already what thirteen minutes less. Yeah, but that was like also a just a, that was that was one match. That was one singles match. Oh, and then you're saying a two out of three falls match, Mikey. Well, let's go back all the way back back to to the other two out of three falls match. Takeover New York. Adam Cole defeating Johnny Gargano there. That was 38 minutes and 25 seconds. That was seven minutes shorter. Mm -hmm. They've proven that they could do it in less time. This was just much, much longer of a match. And I felt like the long, the, the length actually hurt the match for me a little bit because at a certain point i was like okay come on let's hurry up here i got i got things to do but i think there was there i feel like i feel like the cage coming down was seven minutes in itself (laughs) that's That's also fair i'm not not sure if the match that match time includes the cage coming down but like not to take but that did take a while like like they they were like really playing that up the cage was like going down like Yeah, I'm not sure if and that is included. And like if it's not included, it then it just made it all feel longer. Yeah. But I, all in all, I gave it a four out of five meatballs, Mikey. What'd you give it? 
I gave that match a also a four out of five. I thought it was very good, and I was super into it basically the almost the entire time. But like you like you said, I I did get a little bit um like like a little bit exhausted toward the end, and I was like, all right, come on, you know, it's kind of spring. Just let, let's see the, let's see the big spot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey, I just texted you a, a graphic that. Uh, on your phone so if you want to find your phone real quick so so there's a, a app that i use that i love to use called grapple it's basically an app that lists a bunch of matches and you can rate them your own self and you can sort of get an idea on what the average uh, audience rating of the match is oh that's cool um, plus they do like these sort of match graphics uh to use some stats so if you have the time use grapple you can follow me on grapple and follow, see what other people like, you know, rate matches and stuff. Um, it's great. I, I love using it. I love using it. Uh, and it's sort of great. But just to show a couple of the graphics, it showed uh, this was at the time of, I think, Monday morning. This is when it was made. So obviously, some things changed, mm-hmm. uh, possibly, uh, but not that much. So NXT Toronto, based on average rating from Grapple users, is the number one match being Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Number two, Larey Shirai. Number three, Dream Dunn Strong. Number four, Street Profits Undisputed Era. Number five, Baszler Yim. Mm-hmm. And then you can see that chart, comparison of previous takeovers. <laughs> I like the spike in the New Orleans and the New York one. Those are great takeovers. I mean, that New Orleans one had that ladder match, remember? That, like, eight-man ladder match for the NXT North American Championship? Yeah. Yeah, and, and according to this, the average takeover score is a 3.80 out of 5 this toronto one on average got a 3.62 interesting so big old drop there and then there's the match comparison the trilogy of cole versus gargano the highest rated one it was literally like as their rivalry progressed according to the grapple as the rivalry progressed the lower their scores got uh, the New York match was 4.59, 25 was 4.54, Toronto 4.09. Interesting. Very interesting numbers. Yeah, Big old very numbers. interesting numbers, and it's nice to get, you know, Grapple is a place to get at least some data there, so it's nice to get outside data for our knowledge, mm-hmm. I guess. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I think I would sort of agree with that. I, I feel like as the rivalry has happened with Gargano and Cole, it's sort of have I've sort of waned interest in it I'm interested to see where it goes next I honestly I feel like you're done here Cole moves on to someone else but like you said I, I'm not sure if we said it in this episode or before we started recording but like you said we got war games coming up oh yeah and well I mean just say it again Mikey because I'm not sure I don't remember if we said it in this episode we got we got war games coming up and everyone's expecting a winner take all match here I think winner take all match between Undisputed Era and Johnny Gargano Velveteen Dream and the Street Profits Street Profits I think is going to be the big main event match yeah it's um that would make that maybe feel right that would maybe make the most sense uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I think that might be a way to get Gargano out of it. I I predict by the end of the year that Undisputed Era is going to have all the gold. It would be a good way to do that. 
Because if that is, let me look it up real quick. But if that is, if War Games is happening in November, presumably, mm-hmm. then that would mean that. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. If if, if they're happening in November for War Games, that would mean that. Yes, November twenty third. That would mean that um, SmackDown has moved to Fox. AEW has started um, their weekly TV. And rumor also has it NXT would be possibly on FS1 at a two-hour show. Yeah, that could be interesting. So with all of that being said, that means War Games would be the first ever pay-per-view for NXT in a two-hour format, so they want to hit all the stops. And what in a bigger? What's the biggest match you could do? Possibly a War Games match with winner takes all championship. Yeah, I'm super down for NXT on TV as long as Triple H is still running it. <laughs> I mean, I am under the assumption that it's the internet. It went a buzz because they were like, "Oh, Vince McMahon." Vince McMahon uh, would do that, but I believe uh, it was reported by a shoddy reporter. Um, so don't – I would not take that if any grain of salt. Honestly, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Vince should touch it. Vince, in fact, wanted to not no longer get bogged down in the weeds of Raw and SmackDown. That's his quote, not mine. Um He's focusing on the XFL, baby. Of course. He's got XFL, and he's got a bunch of other projects to be working on. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep Triple H there. Have Heyman run Raw. Bishop run SmackDown. He's still going to oversee it all. Maybe not. May, he'll maybe oversee NXT a little bit more than he has in the past, now that it's on TV. But, you know, I would still let Triple H do his thing. But they're doing great stuff. Why, why come in here and be like, I'll fix it. Mm-hmm. Granted, maybe a lot of people or listeners may be like, oh, well, that's what Vince McMahon does. He comes <laughs> in and he ruins things. It's like, well, come on. He's also a businessman. If he wanted to come in and ruin things, he had years of doing it, and he, and he has yet to do it now. Why do it at this point? Yeah. You know, while, at the, while do, why do it at this point while he's also leaving, taking control of two other jobs? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't track logically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's take a quick break, Mikey. When we come back, we'll talk SummerSlam. Why don't we? Why don't we, Mikey? Let's talk the biggest party of the summer. The biggest party of the summer. We are back. We're talking the biggest party of the summer, the blockbuster to end all blockbusters, SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. Biggest party of the summer, baby. So, Mike, you you were telling me something during this commercial break that I feel like needs to be addressed (laughs) on the show. So I thought it would be a funny bit if I counted the amount of times they called it the biggest party of the summer on commentary. I got to two. And then completely stopped paying attention to commentary and forgot. <laughs> There's just it just got. Ma- the, I, I don't know if that if that says more how exciting the matches got for you, 
how boring the commentary got for you or just your lack of will. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I, I honestly, I think the, the former two, to be honest, but I'm going yeah, to like, try to Google it. How many times? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I mean, I sure Michael Cole said it a million times. But while you're looking that up, I'm going to start introing the first match of SummerSlam, which was, well, uh, well, I guess we'll talk off first, Mikey. Did you watch uh, the kickoff show for SummerSlam? Uh, I watched the second. I, wa- I caught the end of the second match. Okay, well, we'll talk about that as well then uh, because I watched t- kickoff. Unfortunately, there's no result. <laughs> Dang. Uh, the first match of the kickoff was Drew Gulak defending, successfully deten- defending his 205 Live Cruiserweight Championship to Oni Lorkin. Oni Lorkin is just all over the place, huh? A little bit, yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, look, here he is in NXT UK. Oh, he's back in NXT doing a ladder match. Oh, now he's on 205? He is just wrestling his heart out. But he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job wrestling it. I thought it was this was a good match. Mikey, you said you didn't get a chance to watch it. But, you know, it was a very good match. There was a certain point later in the match where both men, both men were standing across from each other, fists drawn. Mm-hmm. At that point, follow, at that point, and then until the rest of the match, the match was utterly nuts. Um, it, was ama- it was an amazing match. It, there was just the sequences, the striking. Just the striking alone from Lorkin was great. Um, I thought this was a solid win for Drew Gulak. Same sort of idea of the Street Profits, where it's a good way of establishing Drew Gulak's reign. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea who will eventually take the title off of Gulak. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I just don't know. I think, honestly, I could see Drew Gulak having this title for a long time. Yeah, I always I always knew. Like, I don't even watch 205 Live, but, like, I've seen Drew Gulak a couple of times in the ring, and I, at that point, like at that point i was like he's the he is ultimately gonna be champion for a while one day Mm -hmm. it it does it does feel like he should be holding it for a while i i honestly i feel like it's one of those things that's like you're gonna call up some of 205 live to have to take the title off of gulak i thought it was definitely i thought he was definitely gonna take it off of buddy murphy but then they they waited on that and i'm happy they did because he is a good champion i feel like Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I give this match a 3.25 out of 5. Nice. Let's move on to the next match, which was Buddy Murphy, his official main roster debut on the kickoff show of SummerSlam <laughs> against Apollo Crews. This match did end up getting to a no contest, I guess a disqualification, when Rowan attacked Buddy Murphy uh, during the match. I gave this a 2 out of 5, Mikey. Yeah, I would have liked to see more action between the, the, these two guys, but I get I got what they were trying to do. They're trying to push the story between uh, Buddy Murphy and Roman Reigns and Rowan because of how the fault the false accusations and stuff. I, I, I understand. Yeah, it was definitely a, a point to advance that storyline. They were talking about it all match, um, but it was we have to say it was nice seeing Buddy Murphy on the main roster finally. Right? Yeah, for sure. He went to SmackDown Live in April and wasn't seen since until August. An incredibly the, the long time. SmackDown's best kept secret. Uh, I'm finally glad to see that best kept secret for once in my gosh darn life. I'm glad he's being used. I'm glad uh, it should be said as well. He uh, that following Tuesday on SmackDown Live, he got 
a one-on-one match against Roman Reigns. He did end up losing, but it was a killer of a match, um, and he showed off immensely. He kicked out of a Superman punch, for God's sakes. Damn, buddy. Um, he did a great job in that match. That was a much better um, start to his SmackDown Live career than this Apollo Crews match was. Mm-hmm. So I gave this match a two out of five. Yeah. Moving on is the Women's Tag Team Championship defense of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Yes. Bliss, Bliss and Cross ending up getting the victory once again. Yep. Uh, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was a solid title defense. Again, you know, establishing careers, establishing titles, legitimacy and stuff. Uh there was rumor apparently saying that the fatal four way that we got on Monday Night Raw was supposed to be the SummerSlam match. Interesting. But but Heyman voted against that, saying he'd rather have it on Monday Night Raw to give it the time it deserves than on SummerSlam where they have to rush it and, and make it all shorter and stuff. Good call, Heyman. Yes, and I totally agree on that front. Um, there was... A amazing move where uh, Peyton Royce did this sort of like backpack knee slam uh, towards Alexa Bliss. I believe it was actually Nikki Cross to get back. And it was that was beautiful to watch. The setup for all that was beautiful. Delivery popped me for a whole sec. Hmm. Um, all in all, a good match helped me lead into SummerSlam. Yeah, it was it was great. I liked it a lot. Um, I do want to talk about uh I think I think it was right after the kickoff show. I believe Elias opened SummerSlam. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about now. Elias, I believe Elias opened SummerSlam, but the performance Ed was interrupted by none other than Edge. And that got me to pop. The, and not It wasn't just his arrival that made me pop, right? Mm-hmm. It was the fact that he came out and speared Elias. Yeah, he got physical, which was surprising. Uh, which... That was that was a great thing. That was a great thing to see. He did the spear. He when he he did the spear and he did the whole thing where he runs his hands through his hair. And that was like like for for a, a that moment where he was running his hands through his hair to that spear. I was like, damn, I'm back in like 2011. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, like, that was a big old pop for nostalgic I remember, pop. For it, me. I was like, damn, I'm 13 again. Like, holy shit. <laughs> that was a great moment. It was a, that was a great honestly. I, you know, I heard you think you know me, and I popped. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him hitting the spear was great. That was honestly, I don't know what that means. Obviously, that's a somewhat of a good bill of health for for Edge. Granted, it's one spear, but you know, it's boy Edge doing a spear. That was amazing to watch. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was like I was like oh an Elias segment whatever and I was like on my phone and then I heard him say one line and I was like wait a minute and then I heard you think you know me and I was like ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh, but I got very excited when Edge when Edge came out uh, Edge used to be my favorite wrestler when I was a kid so let's move on to the main card of SummerSlam it was Becky Lynch the man versus Canadi- Canadia Canadia oh, <laughs> Canada's own <laughs> Natalia. Mikey, thoughts on this matchup? Um, the match was fine. Uh, I there there was the predictable spot of them stealing each other's submission moves, 
which I saw coming. There was I, to go on to go on that point, Mikey. Honestly, I was surprised. You know, Becky playing the face, but you know, sort of the anti-hero face. Natalia playing the heel here. I was surprised that Becky Lynch stole the finisher first. I I agree, uh, but here we are. That's <laughs> what happened. Uh, and I, like I said, it was kind of it was like yeah. When it happened, I was like yeah, yeah. That happened. I figured that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I thought it was weird how it felt like not even five minutes into the match. This is awesome. Chance started from the crowd, which was weird. Mm-hmm. It was like the match barely got going and the crowd was already chanting. This is awesome. And I'm like, is there like a plant that start these that starts these chants all the time? Oh, I'm sure WWE feeds in. Like they feed in crowd audience stuff all the time. I imagine they feed in that that stuff every once in a while. Um, I say it a lot, Mikey. Um, I think um, Natalia still has still has it in her to put off a good match. I thought this was a good match. It was it was fine. It wasn't. It it didn't. I don't know. Nothing unpredictable happened. Like nothing like crazy happened. It was just like. Becky Lynch versus the, like it was just a fine match and it ended it, it ended exactly like I thought it would. It wasn't a WrestleMania match, but when you're going out there and selling a good simple story, it was really good. It did it served its job. It did the job well. Um it wasn't there was a lot of botches. They were constantly up there. I watched the Italia Naomi match from SummerSlam, I believe 2 years ago recently, mm-hmm. and that match not that great in my opinion this match natalia stepped it up i think when she gets the tap on the shoulder she can go out there and put on a solid match i don't know if she'll ever be able to put off like a wrestlemania caliber five-star match um in the wwe system but i thought that this match was solid and did and did serve its job properly yeah i gave this a match a 3.25 out of five yeah, I I gave it I gave it three meatballs for sure. Um, that was I thought it was a good match. Um, also, one of my questions I had on here immediately got answered on Raw the next night. My question I was, was who's my question was who's next for Becky after this? Because like who's going to beat her? And then Sasha Banks returned on Raw the next night, and I was we like, gotta oh, talk about I that. see. <laughs> we got to talk about that. Thoughts on not only Sasha Banks's return. But Sasha Banks turning heel and going after the man, Becky Lynch. I thought the heel turn was exactly what she needed. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of her coming out with the perp, the wig and just being like, ha I'm a heel now because my hair is blue. That was kind of stupid. But otherwise, um, I think she could have came out with the blue hair and just been like, hi, like, like, hi, like, oh, Natalia, you did great. Fuck you, you know? <laughs> fair like she didn't need to pull off the wig she didn't need to do the visual heel turn like she's like oh i'm healed now because my hair is blue got you guys yeah i understand like the idea of like yeah you're right the the visualness of like oh this is the baby face pink haired sasha banks the old sasha banks is gone like i change all of a sudden yeah i understand what you're saying there maybe i I sort of agree it just seems so 
on our on the like like we get it. She turns heel. You didn't need to just like shove it down her throats like that. Yeah, I'm excited to see a Sasha Banks return. I wasn't expecting Sasha Banks um, to honestly return to WWE. It's also ironic that this was officially rumor has it uh, the first Wednesday Night Raw with Paul Heyman and possibly no Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that has anything to do with anything. Yeah. But Sasha Banks has returned. She is on Monday Night Raw. She is here, and she's going after the man, Becky Lynch. That, honestly, I mean, in our universe, Mikey, that was our SummerSlam match. Yeah. Weird. I don't know what. Weird. I assume, is this rivalry going to last us for the next two pay-per-views, and then Survivor Series happens? I don't know what we're doing with it. I don't know, but I, I think I think Sasha Banks uh, going after Becky and turning heel was definitely the right call. Yes. I, I imagine this could easily be the WrestleMania match yeah, later down the road. For sure. They have a huge Austin Rock mentality, so let's tap into that. Make it great. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the next match, which was Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. So this so during SummerSlam, I actually got my dad to watch SummerSlam with me because he was home and on the couch uh, anyway. And I was like, hey, dad, you want to watch the wrestling? Like as a joke. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. Sure. So he, yeah. so, so he, he sat with me and watched it. And this is this is where I got the chance to explain to him what a squash match was. Hey, there it is. <laughs> uh, I was like, I was like this match was coming up and I was like, oh, this is going to be a squash. He's like, what's he was like? What, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, uh, this guy's going to just like absolutely destroy this guy. And my dad's like, why? And I'm like, it's going to make this guy look strong and this guy not. <laughs> but honestly, and, Mikey, and Goldberg is old, so he can't go very long anymore. True. I mean, I mean, well, he's old, but also Goldberg. This, it's, this is a squash match is the only match that Goldberg ever does. Yeah, it's the only match he's he's good at. He tried yeah, was, to, it, we, we saw we, what happened when he tried to do a long one. We oh we there's like two or three instances where Goldberg tries to do long matches and every single time it's like oh Goldberg's really bad at wrestling. <laughs> um, he needs to do he needs to be this kind of character. I would say yeah, it was a squash match that made the other guy look weak. Though those two super kicks, especially that first one from Dolph Ziggler to Goldberg, popped me hard. I was like, it's a holy s- crap! It's a I was super like, kick party. I was like Dolph Ziggler. For a second there, I was like, holy crap, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I Honestly, I did not expect that to even happen, right? I didn't even expect Dolph Ziggler to get any offensive in, let alone two super kicks, let alone his finisher twice. Yeah, that was... Well, he his finisher isn't this... It's the zigzag, right, is his finisher? Yeah, it's a little bit of both, because he has Shawn Michaels ripoff. Yeah, but I mean, well... He he, has, he, has, he he usually does a super kick to set up the the zigzag. Um, yeah, something like that. But still, I was not expecting to get any offense in, and let alone two moves on Goldberg. It was it was a I would I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily argue it as a squash match because like Dolph got some stuff in and honestly didn't look too bad. It, it, he honestly didn't look. Like he got destroyed by Goldberg. I mean, in this loss toward the end. Now, toward the end, he did. I'll say that with a giant asterisk because following this, uh, he then had then called out Goldberg twice more for not time, fighting man time. to man, even though he literally just got beaten a fight. <laughs> yeah, I don't. 
So whatever credibility he earned earlier for me in the match it with had, the two super kicks with that offense, gone. he lost at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was like, dude, why are you acting like the Black Knight from Monty Python? Like, yeah. you're already down. Tis, stay tis down. Tis flesh wound. I don't know. Tis I don't know scratch. what that was supposed to yeah, I don't, I don't know, know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't have no idea what they're doing with Ziggler after that. It's just like, "Hey, you beat me. Come kick my ass some more." Like, okay, listen, Ziggler. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Let's, get listen, it. you masochist freak. I, I just feel like he's getting paid by the spear. <laughs> he gets paid by the um, word. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was. I think, oh, I think I commentary made that made that joke, and then he gets paid by the word. Yeah. I, gave, I did give the match itself a 3.5 uh, out of 5. I thought I gave it way higher because the offense from Ziggler was honestly way better than I thought it would be. Oh, I so didn't even I, I didn't really give it a meatball rating. Okay, I, think, I think I'm just going to go with you here. <laughs> That's fair. Um, is did, did this match... Honestly, you and I did not watch the Undertaker match because uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. But uh, we all heard about it. Does this match redeem the Undertaker match. I think I think for me it does redeem Goldberg's character, even though it was just Dolph Ziggler, but it's just like, yeah, damn, he's still just a big powerhouse who can just beat anybody up. <laughs> like Personally for me, it didn't fully redeem it. I think maybe because I mean, it, yeah, it was I mean, it's gonna be hard to fully redeem yourself from that, but I think that it's helping. Yeah, it helped. It it was in the right direction. It wasn't a full redemption, but you know, maybe maybe if you do another sort of like that Brock match, you know, maybe that could make me feel like, oh, yeah, Goldberg, Goldberg's back. Because Goldberg came in, came out, and it was perfect when he came in in 2016. Yeah. In 2017. It was just like, now it's sort of like, okay, it's Goldberg, Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, move on to the next match. Ricochet. Well, AJ Styles. No seat championship. Before we move on to the next match, I do just want to take a quick minute and say that the spot in between these matches with New Day and Drake Maverick was very funny. <laughs> the new the New Day and Drake Maverick? Yeah. The New Day was hyping up Kobe for his match, and they were like, we, we, got, we got something special for you to hype you up, and they were like, it's Drake! And then Drake Maverick came out. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Cause it was, I it was, was funny. I thought I, I just have a note here that says I love the new day. I love Maverick, and that's it. Because it was just a, a really funny spot. I'll take your word here, Mikey. Because fun fact about WWE Network: uh, after you watch it live, uh, it has a button that has next match, and when the match ended, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, hit yeah, that yeah, and I go know. straight to the next thing. I I watched it live, so I saw it happen. But it was it was funny. That's fair. Next match is Ricochet versus AJ Styles for the United States Championship. Mikey, what are your thoughts on this matchup? First off, OC looks badass. They looked great coming out. Uh, the 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 tights the brothers were wearing were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what the fuck was AJ? Uh, not AJ. What the fuck was Ricochet doing? <laughs> he was doing a Nightwing from a uh, DC. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. It Honestly, looked, I didn't it like did it. It did not look good. <laughs> it didn't look that good. He looked like a uh, like a crappy Stardust. It looked, like a crappy star. it looked like it looked like he was trying to do Nightwing from DC, who was trying to do Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. He's the resident superhero, so I understand what he was trying to do, but I didn't really I don't know. like. I don't know. Full that. body, full body suit, and not 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 working for you. 
Um, so we're, so besides besides the wardrobe corner, Mikey. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> thoughts on the match itself? Uh, match itself was fine. It was a good good ricochet match. Uh, good AJ match. It was just it was good. Uh, I didn't. I don't know. I I didn't get as into it as I thought I would. Honestly, um, it was just kind of like there was just, there was like heel shenanigans club uh some club shenanigans uh the camera the, the there was a weird spot where the cameras were like shaking a lot uh but it, it was fine i talked before about my disdain of matches where limb targeting is used incorrectly yeah um and by incorrectly i mean they stop an opponent's moveset so, for example, I talked about I sort of lambasted AEW's Brotherhood Brotherhood versus Young Bucks match as a poor way to do that because I felt in that match that it was just stopping the Young Bucks from doing their high flying shenanigans. They mm-hmm. had to now work a technical match, work a different style that didn't make that match as good for me. Here in this match, I believe Styles and Ricochet used it correctly. Yeah, um, I, you know, I agree. St- there was a lot of limb targeting that went in the right direction uh i saw an anaconda vice from ricochet which was interesting yes because i was just about to get to that styles attacks ricochet knee not just because it was easier to hit you know styles submission move but it slows down ricochet ricochet is still able to do his high spots it doesn't stop him from doing his high spots but we still get to see his hot spots see what makes him great but then he mixes it up by sprinkling him some more technical stuff like the anaconda vice yeah I like how he did a lot of his high, he did some of his high flying moves on one leg. He did that springboard. Exactly, an amazing example. That was what cool. I'm talking about here, Mike. It is like he's still able to do what puts him over. Don't don't take that away from your move set. If you're like, oh, my knees hurt, let me not do high flying moves. It's like, yeah. okay, no. How can I do it while still? You know, making myself look great, but also still do something cool. And then it's like, oh, he, now he looks better because he was able to do a springboard one foot. So you know what always gets me in ricochet matches? It's not the high flying stuff that gets me. It's when he does those deadlift Germans or the deadlift oh, yeah, suplexes. Yeah, yeah. He he is a strong guy. Like he is powerful he he is a dense human being like yeah like de- like a, like he could do all this crazy high flying stuff he's got the technical wrestling like, and he could just freaking deadlift a human being and just throw him around the ring like that's pretty crazy mm-hmm. oh my gosh imagine ricochet versus Pac. that'd be wild shout out to dragon gate back in the back in the day yeah. uh, i do i do think it was interesting that uh uh aj styles i i thought was, i thought this was a good point um, saying that AJ Styles worked the knee, but it was the use of Gallows and Anderson distraction that helped get the win for the for AJ Styles, which um, is to which me, is, which is what I expected. Yeah, it's what you expect to a certain point, but it was like it wasn't like oh, it wasn't the knee work that that tore down Ricochet. It was the camaraderie, the the OC ness, the the that's the teamwork, yeah. The, the teamwork that allowed it to me it put over Gallows and Anderson because if they did nothing that would be stupid right yeah I, I it, prefer, the fact that that led to the victory to me puts them over I will say I do prefer uh, heel AJ heel AJ and 
with with the club. I think this is this is the most interested I've been in AJ in a while. Correct. Correct. Heal AJ is way better than face AJ. Yeah. Uh, I gave this match a 3.5 out of 5. I gave this match a 3. Let's move on to the next match, which was the Sack uh, of Life Women. Another another fun spot that you might have missed. Uh, it was a Street Profits uh, part. Like, you know, like those, those spots they've been doing on Raw. Uh, it was uh-huh. like one of those uh-huh. where they were just hyping up everybody. Uh, and then Ric Flair showed up and they had a they had some fun. Oh, yeah, uh, they were they were just partying. Uh, I think I think who's who's the big guy in the street? I always forget his name. Who's the big guy? In the Angela street? Dawkins. Yeah. Angela Dawkins was talking about how he wants to get it with Nikki Cross. Just saying because uh, <laughs> they, they were just like doing basically a recap of SummerSlam. They were like, you know, like, ah, the Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross retaining their titles. And then he was Angela Dawkins was like, Nikki Cross, by the way. Hit me up. You can get it anytime. <laughs> like I was like, "Whoa, damn!" And then while they were in the middle He's of like, talking, Nikki, Nikki Cross is a married woman. <laughs> uh, while they were talking, uh, they got they kind of got stopped, and Ric Flair was there, and they did a, a fun spot where they were just wooing, and it was it was funny. I love it. I, uh, I love a classic legend pop. Yeah, it was just it was just, like I said, it was just a fun spot with the the Street Profits. Mm-hmm. And get, get that little legend legend rub on the street profits. Yeah, I love I love when the, I love when the street profits do their thing and just like hype up the and just just turn anything into a party and just hype up everything. You know, like it's just so it gives them it, for me it just gives them so much character because it's like yeah, you guys are charismatic as fuck. <laughs> and if you like what you see with them on Raw, then see them on NXT every Wednesday, FS1 or uh, whatever they are. I, I I love them on NXT. Let's move on to the SmackDown Live Women's Championship match, which was Bailey defending her title against Ember Moon. I, for me, Bailey's reign is getting the same effect as Shayna's. Interesting, interesting. Much shorter, but you're saying it's gotten much staler, quicker. I, I just was never into it to begin with. Oh, okay. I don't like I like her cashing in the money in the bank and winning. It, it it didn't like it just didn't feel like it was like yeah all right like that happened hmm and now hmm. her her reign kind of is just like yeah like i'm not in, like i'm not into it like it's just like bailey i think it's just bailey's like oh i want to wrestle somebody and somebody's like i'll wrestle you and she's like okay and then they wrestle and bailey wins and it's like okay all right you want to Next know match. my you want to know my theory on why that is? Why? Um because of the Ronda Charlotte Flair Becky Lynch storyline last year, mm-hmm. that really hurt almost every other woman in this division. Yeah. Because every almost every other I mean look at Ruby Riot. She got destroyed in like less than 5 seconds to Ronda Rousey. Yeah, that was rough. Because we all know how I feel about Ruby Riot. Yeah, it's it that all that that storyline of Lynch and and Becky and it took and f- it took over both brands for months. Yes, and it it hurt all the other competition. Yeah, so we're in a rebuilding phase, and I'm okay with Bailey taking on all these other people. 
because I thought this was a good match. I thought this was a good solid match. I, I agree. This, it was it was it was totally fine. Like there was not a bad match at all. I thought this match helped Ember look look good, especially on a high profile SummerSlam type matchup. Um, but I think we're in the point where we have to rebuild a lot of the women in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this match helped Ember's star power in that sense. Honestly, I think we're going to be doing this for a while. And then, you know, at WrestleMania, we'll do Charlotte Flair Bailey. And also, WrestleMania, we'll do Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks. And we'll get a two women's matches, both uh, four, horse four members of the yeah. four horsewomen. Um, Bailey wrestles like a heel. Whoa, okay, hold on. Explain to explain this hot take, Mikey. Bailey does a lot of she does a lot of like the she does a lot of rope. I I saw a lot of submissions like near the ropes and how she was holding it for a long time. A lot of like keeping them in the corner, doing a lot. Of, she was like stomping every moon in the corner for a while. She does a lot of moves on the the ape like she she'll like drop them on the ape. like it feels like very heelish when she wrestles, you know? Who are you talking about Bailey? Bailey, yeah. Oh, I got a next Bailey match. I'm watching. I got to be looking out for this stuff. I would say rewatch, rewatch this. I would say rewatch this, uh, this match. And just like she does a lot of stuff that I noticed that heels do a lot. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we'll have to report back on this hot take at a later date. I'm, I'm interested. I, I've never I didn't notice stuff it's like not, that before. She, like, it's, 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 it's the thing, though. It's not like she's doing it like like she's not doing it to be a heel. Yeah, it just happens to be similar to what heels do. Hmm. I gotta check that out. I gotta check that out. I gave this a three point two five out of five. Mikey, what was your meatball rating? I gave this a three. You're a three. You're a three. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check out that Bailey heel. Bailey heel tactics. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. Maybe, maybe, maybe in this match she wrestled kind of heel to help put over amber moon as a good guy yeah maybe um but i, Conspiracy I don't know theory it, it, it kind of it it just seems like the way bailey wrestles it's not like like i said it's not a good or a bad thing it's just how she wrestles just mm-hmm. kind of gives me that vibe of like what i don't know i don't i just don't i don't yeah, know what I'm it have is. to check that out i'm gonna check that moving forward but speaking of moving forward, let's talk about the next match, which was Kevin Owens taking on Shane McMahon. With Kevin Owens' loss, he would quit his job at WWE, but li- luckily he did not lose. And in fact, won in the hometown of Canada. Two things. Shane bored the fuck out of me in this match. The enforcer role is stupid. Yep, I wasn't into this match. I would agree. I was also not in this match. It was great for the hometown crowd. Um, but honestly, just want the storyline to be over with uh, Shane McMahon. And according to SmackDown Live later that week, it's not over. No, he came out again, and Kevin Owens did did what the entire WWE universe did, and it was just like, ugh, when he heard Shane McMahon's music. Instead, on SmackDown that last week, we got the same match, except it was Samoa Joe instead. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was dumb. I think at SummerSlam, I think it was stupid. I think this. I just think the enfor- like the special guest enforcer was just a stupid role. That made no sense. He could have just been a manager, and it would have gotten the exact same effect. Uh huh. I think it's just like the fact that he's Shane McMahon is in power. It's like instead of a manager, make it an enforcer. He should. He should have just been like, 
well, we have a special guest referee now in Elias, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, it, just just have that happen. Have that happen. Have Ke- have Kevin Owens knock out Elias during the match. Get a real ref in there to count the pin for Owens like it's easy. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't that much in this match. I thought, you know, it was fine. I gave it a three. Yeah, I gave it a like a, three. I, I gave it a two and a half. I kind of I kind of came around on it toward the end a little bit, but I don't know. I was like throughout most of the match. I was just like, Meh. I, I will have to say, Mikey, we got to give some props to Shane McMahon, right? I guess. Well, I'm going to give a little bit of props to Shane McMahon here. I'm going to be a positive p- pansy. Uh-huh. I can't do alliteration. A positive Pamela here. <laughs> and Shane McMahon, if I'm not mistaken, has wrestled every pay-per-view since the Royal Rumble. I'm not uh, – don't quote me on that. But he has been – constantly wrestling you know every weeks or so for a long time now and then he is someone that is not very young and he is still able to do coast to coast go through tables all this sort of stuff i gotta give props to shane mcmahon he is as someone who he is he he has no reason to be doing any of this stuff no reason yeah like as much as i'm hating his storylines and stuff i have to give props to the person that is shane mcmahon for being able to wrestle this long this kind of okay, uh, well, good to okay, okay to good. Um, I got to give props to him. I think I, for me, it's like Shane relies on those big spots where he like goes through a table or does like the, the crazy suplex from WrestleMania or does the coast to coast. Like he relies on those too much, I think, because when it comes down to it, his actual like wrestling and his stupid st- strikes that look awful every single time really just take me out of it. Like, it's like, oh, he did the coast to coast. And it's just after that, he does nothing else. Like, it's like, yeah, he did his thing. Yeah, he did his thing. Oh, he did a big spot. Now the rest of the match, but like, it's like he does a big spot and it's cool. But the rest of the match is like really underwhelming and boring to me. Let's move on to the next match, which was unless there was something in between here again, Mikey. No, we can move on. Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus. Another hometown hero of Trish Stratus. With Charlotte Flair ended up getting the victory here. Mikey, thoughts on this matchup? Uh, Honestly, I expected it to be not as good as it was. I was into it. I liked it a lot, personally. I was like, (laughs) I started off super negative about it, and I was like, "Eh, it's going to be fine. Trish is going to do some cool stuff, and it's going to be like, whatever. But it turned out to be just a pretty good match. I was really into it, and I thought Trish Stratus put up much more of a fight than I expected, honestly. I thought she was just going to be like, oh, look, a Stratus faction. Oh, look, a chick kick. And then, like, Charlotte Flair. Like, it ha- like, that did happen. But also, there was a lot more other stuff that happened, which kind of got me into it. I thought I thought this match was... I thought Trish herself was a little wonky at the beginning. I think which, she, I think she came around, though. Exactly. I think as the match went on, she got a little bit more comfortable. She still wasn't like, you know, the best, the best, the best. But it was like she got more comfortable. She got more into it and she was able to solidify herself. Yeah. In my in my notes, there's one point where it says not not much of a dream match. And then later it says match much better now. So like (laughs) I could like you like I saw it also come around and it was like, okay, now I'm into it. Like, you know, there was like one point where. 
it turned out to be really good. Also, I think Trish does the figure eight better than Charlotte. Hot Ooh. take. Her figure eight Ooh. looks way more deadly than Charlotte's does. It did look pretty good. Like she bridged hard. She did. Uh, I thought this was. I was interested that this match happened after the Owens match, especially based on the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with with Trish losing in this matchup, or Kevin Owens Canada's own Kevin Owens won. I mean, yeah, I ex- a little bit earlier. I expected Trish to lose. Um, oh yeah, me too. I, I was expecting was matches happening back to back. Yeah, no, it was interesting that they did happen back to back. Also, Stratus took a pretty nasty bump at one of, at one point. Like she got, she got like knocked off of the, like she, she, I think she was like on the ropes and Charlotte hit her. And usually they like hit the apron and then roll off. She just went straight to the floor Oh, <laughs> and yes, landed yes, like yes. right on her tailbone. And I was like, woof. Oh boy. The, even, That's even, even my dad was like, Ooh, that looks like it hurt. You know? Oh yeah. From my dad, who's like one of the biggest skeptics. And he's like, Oh, it's all fake anyway. But then she saw that bump and was like, Ooh, that looked Ooh. rough. And I was like, yeah, right. Like that looked, that looked like a hard bump she took. Charlotte was definitely carrying this match, of course, uh, but uh, uh, I mean, naturally, that's just what's going to happen. But I thought Trish did a good job in this match. I thought Charlotte did a good job playing heel in this match. Uh, I hopefully this match against Trish can help reset Charlotte for a little bit or, you know, distract her a little bit mm-hmm. before moving after the title. I think I don't the, know what's next for Charlotte Flair, but, you know, yeah. I thought it was good. I gave it a three out of five. I gave it a four. I thought this was a match of the night for the women, honestly. Like, I think this was the women's match of the night easily. Then let's move on to the WWE Championship match, which was taking place Kofi Kingston versus Randall Keith Orton. Uh, it, the match was good, ending bad. Yeah, I, there, there are two parts of me that are very conflicted on this match, right? As a fan... This match ending was pretty BS. It was absolutely B. The crowd was even chanting bullshit. And on my notes, I have agreed bullshit. <laughs> it should have been a more concrete finish. I agree. Now, I guess there, I, I, and I, it was just a way to continue the feud, I guess. Yep. That, that's the second part of me. The booker in me uh, is looking at the pay-per-view calendar and sees, oh, what's that? TLC around the corner. Kofi Kingston has a lot of small feuds to cement his championship legacy. He's got Samoa Joe. He's got uh, some other people that I don't remember. But it was a bunch of like it was a bunch of like setups, pay per view match. Kofi wins. Next person. It was just that over and over again. Now here is potential for the long story. Kofi Kingston eventually has to have a longer storyline rivalry, and I think. This is it. I think this is a this is that rivalry. I don't know. I, I don't know how it should be, how it should work out. Um, but you know, you got TLC around the corner, you eventually have a TLC match there. Kofi does a thing off a ladder, Randy Orton does a RKO, yada yada yada, writes itself. It looks like for TLC, they are setting up um New Day versus Orton and the Revival. Hmm. Uh, because last night on SmackDown, the revival came out and helped Orton beat down the New Day. Which well, they, is it, that which also is, turned to a six-man tag. Yeah, which is also interesting because the New Day have the tag titles. Kofi's got the WWE title. You're pitching a lot of winner takes all matches here, Mikey. I it just it just feels like what they're doing. Like I feel like at 
TLC. It might be a uh, it might be a big TLC match, you know, because I don't know. It might be it's probably going to be two matches, but I could also see it being a six man for it would be cool if it was for everything, but I don't want to do too many winner takes all matches, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just it just feels like what they're doing. I think TLC would be the last pay-per-view before Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. So I don't I honestly think they'll go six man. I think they'll do that Survivor Series match. I mean, you know, because then with Survivor Series, it could be Seth Rollins versus Randy, Seth Rollins versus Kofi, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Uh, also, point of sidetrack, Mikey, I just wanted to tell you real quick. Uh, fun fact, um, based on our universe, what could happen? Do you know that uh, our Survivor Series match could be, if we if we decided to eventually, it could be Randy Orton versus, versus Kofi, Kofi Kingston. Kingston. Yeah. If we got around to it and figured out how to get there. Yeah. Just think about that in the shower the other day. Weird, huh? Anyways, weird how things work out, huh? <laughs> I thought the match itself was good. There was lots of good sequences, lots of good moves. I thought, you know, like we said, the ending was not that great. Always, but... a, always a fan of a good mid-air RKO. Mm-hmm. Always a fan. Shout out to Evan Bourne. Um, <laughs> but like one. we said, the ending wasn't great. We wish it was more concrete, but we can both see that they're setting up for something down the road. Um, and obviously after SmackDown, they definitely are. Mm-hmm. I imagine we'll get as far as TLC. So I'm interested to see. I'm more excited to see where the rest of the story goes here on out. It looks like it's going to be sort of a family thing. So let's see. Let's see what happens. I gave this yep. a three out of three point five out of five. I gave it a three. There's a lot of threes tonight. A lot of matches were fine. <laughs> a lot. Of, a lot of gentlemen's threes. Yeah. Let's move on to the second of second of last match. Of the night, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend versus Finn Balor. N- Mikey, before we before we get started talking about the match, let's just take the next several minutes to fangirl about the Fiend. I have, Mikey, Mikey I have, you have the floor. I have one note and one note only for the fit. Like on, like literally written down. There is one note for for this whole thing, and the note is the Fiend fucking rules. And that's it. Like, holy. Like, wow. I was terrified from the beginning. And I think I texted you as soon as it happened. And I was like, oh, my God, you need to watch this. He came out, dude, when he came out, I thought at first he was like, oh, is he wearing like a different mask? And then it was and then it, it zoomed out and I was like, oh, my God, that's a fucking head lantern. <laughs> and the, the the theme song remix, just everything about it was so cool. Terrifyingly cool. If I could give meatballs to the production team, I would give them six. Yeah, that was unreal. The camera team, the lighting, the uh, production, the prosthetics, the makeup, everyone involved in the presentation. Even the Fiend wins. The, his scary light, lighting stuff happens. Then it cuts to black. We get some creepy laughter from Bray Wyatt. And to the and then we cut to the entrance ramp where the Fiend's like looking around like, see you around in your nightmares. And then, and then it disappears. Oh, my God. Just everything about it was just. I am. Uh, like WWE, you, you got me. Like you hooked. Like I was out. The fiend hooked me back in. Like you, gra- like 
like they like they threw out the reel with the bait that, that was like shit this bait's not working shit this bait's not working shit this bait's not working let's let's try this let's try this bray wyatt bait threw it out there i bit it immediately like oh man they it's gonna be very very hard for them to fuck this up <laughs> A lot of people on Twitter would argue that they're already fucking up because the fiend wasn't on Raw and SmackDown. And- no, that's that's good. Yeah, I think that's I think that's better for the fiend. I think that works. Keeps yeah, them, I, it keeps I, the I mystique. I would have I would have liked to see a Firefly Funhouse, but I'm good. Save it for next week. I like it. I like I like the fact that he wasn't there this week. I like the fact that it keeps up the the, the mysteriousness of the fiend and how it just it it just ups the legend a little bit more you know like it like it hits that notch and it's like whew, i love it i'm loving it i would like to see another firefly funhouse soon though you're right and i think they are leading to um fiend versus demon at mania which would be really cool yes 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 um i i'm interested i would love someone suppose that finn balor should be the next head lantern Someone supposed <laughs> that Finn Balor should be a puppet on Firefly Funhouse now. That was me. I was that person. Uh, what was that? You, you you proposed that? I proposed that. La- uh, on, on, on our, I just edited the Go Home show last night, and I remember that I said that. Oh, perfect. I it, was like, I was like, if he beats somebody, they just show up as a puppet. Like that, that's what they should have. It. I mean, also, I sent you a, I sent you a, uh, a, a tweet. Oh yes, from Tights and Fights. Uh, they, that they said the, the the fiend should kill the demon, and I was like, "Damn, we've already killed the demon." Plus, the fiend is on a different brand for our universe. That would be yeah, the, very the, the, bold. If the, I, I mean, it wouldn't be bold, but I would like it if that happened. Honestly, uh, uh, friend of the pod, Tights and Fights. Friend, yeah, I wish. Uh, fan, fans of the pod, Tights and Fights. The. Uh, 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 one of the few wrestling podcasts we acknowledge here on the show. Uh, they had a good point in saying that after seeing how good the fiend is and the deliberation, not deliberation, but the, the difference between Bray Wyatt and the fiend and how that is being constructed in pre- terms of presentation, it just puts the demon to shame. Because the demon, because it just shows that, the demon is just Finn Balor with makeup. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> like, um, but I liked, I liked during the match, how there was parts where it looked like Bray Wyatt was fighting the fiend a little bit. Yes. Which was interesting. There like was he was good, like he that. was trying to like, it looked like he was trying to do the sister Abigail and then it didn't work. And mm-hmm. after it didn't work, he was like, he had like his hands on his head and he was like it looked like he was hearing voices and it was that was cool yeah it was interesting because it was like the fiend per, when we say let him in we're presumably talking about the fiend presuming yeah we're presumably talking about bray wyatt letting the fiend in right yes um so in those sort of instances it's sort of like bray wyatt is trying to do his thing and then he's also trying to fight back the fiend it lo- and yeah, it's, it also comes in the context of him saying of him basically telling the fiend to let Bray Wyatt in, mm. you know, and like you don't always have to be this menace. <laughs> Interesting. Hurt and heel hands. Exactly. The uh, hurt and heel hands. 
the match itself I thought was pretty, pretty good. It was the perfect thing for The Fiend. It was uh, exactly what Finn I Ballard. expected, and I was not disappointed. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor, of course, got some offense in, so it wasn't quite the squash match. It, it could have been, but uh, it was still pretty good. It was just... This I had a is, feeling they might they, Finn Balor was going to get something in. You know, I, I, I yes. thought I knew it wasn't going to be like a full-on squash, but... It was um, the perfect yeah. thing for The Fiend in terms of presentation and showing off The Fiend itself. I gave this match a 3.75 out of 5. I went higher uh, than most people because I just love The Fiend and everything present presentation. I just thought it was perfect for The Fiend, so I went higher on my match rating in I that gave, regard. I gave this match a 4.25. I just thought it was really good, and I was really into The Fiend and every aspect of The Fiend and... I, I think Ballard did a great job of selling this match of just making like when he first entered and it showed that shot of Ballard, just like, what the fuck did I get myself into? Yeah. <laughs> where, where do we go next with the fiend? Where do we go next with Bray Wyatt in general? I think I think Bray Wyatt. I don't know. I don't know. I think I can't wait to find out, though. Ballard makes sense. But Bray Wyatt going after Poof. I don't, I honestly don't know. Well, why not? Let's just do. Let's just have the fiend destroy the King of the Ring tournament. That would be cool. Bray Wyatt's not involved in the tournament. Let's just have the fiend run amok inside of it. That sounds good. Why not? I mean, just have him pop up. It's like when, no it's idea. like like an hour old tag. Remember that? Remember way back when we had a tag team tournament and Sanity lost their first match, but then we're just there the whole tournament. Yes, and still being involved. Yeah. Let's just do that. Let's just have the fiend pop up randomly and just destroy people. Because you could do it. You have the whole lighting f- clocking out stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? You got the fiend over. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, right. Like, cool. That's what you want. <laughs> you you set up a couple feuds with the fiend against other people. Perfect. Yep. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Let's move on to the next match, which was the main event of SummerSlam, and that was Seth Rollins defeating Brock Lenzer for the Universal Championship, Mikey. I gave this match a 4.5 out of 5. I thought this was a great-ass match. Match of the weekend for me, quite honestly. It was good. I liked it a lot. Um, I think I I gave it a high rating to you. I gave it a 4 because it was just like – it was. kick-ass match it was a lot of big spots it was a lot of, it was heavy hitting for sure yes if there was there was it was not technical in the least bit it was these two guys just beating the crap out of each other which it needed to be it needed to be that brawl i agree no i agree with that it was it made sense to me uh to put my conspiracy theory hat on mikey i would imagine that this is what this is what was supposed to be the wrestlemania match yeah um, but, you know, with the Kofi, which was obviously not planned, with the Kofi Kingston stuff, the Becky Lynch stuff, we were not supposed to have this at SummerSlam. We were rather supposed to have this Seth Rollins-Brock match at WrestleMania and have the fireworks and all the stuff going for Seth Rollins. But happening here still worked, still was good, um, set up quite well. And hopefully, you know, It did now- feel a little awkward because of how short Brock held the Universal title again. But that's fair. That was the only but, thing. It was like, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that's like, I'm going to forget that Seth won the title at WrestleMania, feuded with Corbin for no reason for months. And then 
had the actual match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, or at the actual match at SummerSlam. I'm going to forget all about that stuff later. I'm just going to remember it's like, oh, okay, cool. If now moving forward, you can have Seth Rollins against actual better competitors than Baron Corbin, then even better. We get some. Hopefully, uh, this is a more permanent Universal title run on Raw. Yes. And I think, you know, Heyman's also behind the wheel overall, so I'm excited to see do you think, where we go from here. Do you think there is a point where we will get Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins? Put it yeah. out there now. <clears throat> yes. Uh, I thought you were going to say Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar. Do we possibly think, here's a pitch, Bray Wyatt the Fiend beats Seth Rollins, wins the title. The Fiend wins the title? Oh, my God. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Fiend wins the title. Finn Balor wins the Royal Rumble. Set up for set up for Demon versus Fiend Universal title WrestleMania. Hmm. This will be one of those conversations that we have on Hit the Books, our weekly and it could- realistic fantasy booking <laughs> podcast. Every Tuesday. This is one of those conversations we'd have on there, Mikey. And it could be like, if Finn, if the Demon wins, he gets the Universal title. But if the Fiend wins, the Demon dies. It's like that whole, like our whole thing. Yeah. That we did. That, that basically exactly the same thing we did with Drew and Finn. Are you saying we're WB stealing ideas again? As I mean, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind them stealing this one because it'd be pretty cool to see that match. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think... The only issue I have with that is that the, I don't think the Fiend versus the Demon needs the title with it as well. It doesn't, but like if Finn Balor, awesome. I'm gonna say I'm just trying to figure out how we're gonna get Finn to challenge. I'm assuming Finn is gonna put out the challenge, right, when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah, it'd be interesting. It, it, what we plan to do as well, Mikey, have Finn gone for however long and have him return at the Royal Rumble as Damn. the Demon. Damn. Um, there is something to say that I believe rumor also has it that there's being reported that Finn Balor is pretty much going out for two months. He's taking vacation, taking sabbatical for two months. He's getting married. Uh, yes. So that is August. That's September, October. Puts him back around October. That is, could be setting up for Survivor Series to have a match. Mm Mm-hmm. Against the Fiend, possibly. Um, but in the meantime, the Fiend has to be going on a tear. I don't know if I currently see the Fiend ever winning the Universal Championship. I think right now, I think its ceiling is mid-card title. Mm-hmm. The United States Championship, I would love to to see something like that. But I don't know. I, don't know. I, would, I, like, I would like to see Bray at the top one day. Oh yeah, or we, we, we've like had that, a, we've, back to elimination like, chamber. It was, like, it was like his WWE title run felt kind of lackluster because they, because the way they fucked up his character, you know. But now, yeah, like with I, this, with this persona, he he could actually have like a, and if he could actually have a decent run, it could be really great. Yeah, we're in definitely one of those things where it's just like, poof, where do we go next with the fiend? Yeah, I mean, I that's why I sort of feel like King of the Ring tournament, just run amok in there. And then you feud with whoever wins the King of the Ring tournament. Yeah, it could be cool. If it's Ricochet, Ricochet versus The Fiend. Okay, I like that. 
Because right now, The Fiend needs to really feud with guys it can destroy, like Ricochet, like Balor, like Cedric Alexander, like, uh, I don't know, some other guys. Like, you can't really set, you can't do Brock yet, right? Yeah, definitely not. Seth, he, he, you can he, maybe, he, that he could be a title can't. defense, honestly. Yeah. But then I don't, if that, I don't, if it's I don't a title defense, I don't want the, I feel I don't like the want Fiend the feet, I, I don't want The Fiend to lose yet. The Fiend can't lose until it's the Demon. That's the only time. That's the problem. That's the problem with the whole, like, the fiend killing off the demon is honestly, I feel like the only person that can kill the fiend or the fiend should lose to is the demon. And I think the only person the demon should lose to is the fiend. <laughs> Two out of three falls, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> three stages of hell, literally. Three? Oh, my God. Make the last match an Inferno match. Just have all the paint melt. Oh, <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be amazing! <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, three stages of hell. Have it like, have it like, have it like, hell in a cell. What? What's like another? It's like hell in a cell, inferno match, house of horrors, <laughs> but like good this time. <laughs> but a good time. Uh, they, they'll, so, uh, call, they'll call it the Firefly Funhouse. Party, party compound. The Firefly Funhouse match. <laughs> Instead of the House of Horrors. But the match is just a cartoon show that we're watching. <laughs> it's animated. It's animated. Um, that would be wild. I, or, or just cut all of it. Just make it an Inferno match. <laughs> just bring back Inferno match for this. Bring it back. Do it a Hell in a Cell. Man, Fiend versus, Fiend versus Demon Hell in a Cell. Inferno match. Fiend versus... Just give me Fiend versus Demon at some point. At least once. Oh, yeah. But, dude, think about it. Think about Fiend versus Demon Inferno match. Think about the demon, like, like inching the fire closer and closer. And just the, that image. Think about that image of the Fiend, that mask, putting Finn Balor closer to flames. Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Talk about nightmares. Yeah. Physically, it's like this is an amalgamation of Kane and Undertaker. And I want to go full hog on this one <laughs> plug this in my veins oh yeah that was our reviews of SummerSlam and takeover if you want more you can always subscribe to this youtube channel to this podcast feed and listen to our weekly show of hit the books like i said a little bit earlier we are a realistic fantasy booking podcast that means we pretty much book Every episode of SmackDown Live, every weekly episode of SmackDown Live, including our own versions of pay-per-views with our own very own roster and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. You can also follow us on Twitter at HitTheBooksPod. There we vote. We have excitement booking polls where you can vote. We also have our general ideas and consensuses on various aspects of the Twitter wrestling universe, whether it be SummerSlam, TakeOver, AEW, New Japan. Um... Wrestle Circus that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but whatever we talk, whatever we feel the need to talk about or or, or criticize or review or whatever we feel the need to, you can follow all that at Hit the Books Pod on Twitter. Quick sidebar: Orange Cassidy is freaking on AEW. <laughs> I'm so excited. Mikey has never been happier in his life. Oh, I'm excited. It's going to be this. It's going to be Orange Cassidy at AEW and then his wedding day. And then those are Mikey's two greatest <laughs> moments. In his the life. two greatest days of my life. <laughs> uh, and then his baby is like third. 
Uh, and then yes. my baby's we'll, name is going to be we'll Orange Cassidy. Next, next show we're going to review, of course, is going to be AEW's All Out, yep. which at the time of recording is 17 days away. Oof. Getting close, getting close. Getting close. So we will see all of you. Until then, everybody, we want you to... Have a nice day. Nick Foley, have a nice day. It's really not that great of a closer. Have a nice day. It's fine. It's fine. So I guess, okay, um, bang, bang. <laughs> boing? <laughs> <laughs> boing, boing? <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> and cut. Oh,